The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Second hour, Pure Opelka. We are following any updates out of the London story. The breaking news is that they have arrested a person in connection with the terror attack, and they have identified the bomber. And uh, there are sources being reported on a couple of news outlets saying no connections to organized terror, and yet ISIS is claiming a connection to organized terror. Yeah, ISIS is claiming this guy is one of their own. Uh, Last hour, we played for you the comments from the president and uh, the comments from the British prime minister. In tone, different different styles, tone and style varied, but uh, both both were strong statements, I believe. So, going forward, um, what do we think about calling these these terrorists and people like Salman Abedi? What do we think about calling them losers? I'm all for it, and I mentioned some on the left side of the media were all for it. And yet David Korn, the guy who, I think he's got a parking space with his name on it at MSNBC because he is there so often. He is, in in some ways, he looks to me to be the ventriloquist dummy for Chris Matthews because he's there all the time and he's a diminutive person physically. And I think you could kind of see him sitting on Chris Matthews' lap and Matthews with his hand up the back and moving his mouth. But David Korn tweeted uh, this this morning, does Trump really think calling terrorist murderers, terrorist murderers, losers means anything? Yes, uh, I, I think he does. And I agree with him. I actually think it's it's a good idea. And other people jumped on David Korn saying, yeah, why don't you? Another person said, yeah, right in front of uh, Abbas, too. He continually, he being Trump, continually makes uh, Obama look weak on this, which he so was. David Korn again stating, does Trump really think calling terrorist murderers losers means anything? Yeah. Several people, Jeff, Jeff McIrish on Twitter tweeted back, I'll take Trump's reaction over Barack Obama's arming and funding of ISIS every time, you moron. 
Well said, Mr. McIrish. Mr. Stubborn said, do liberals really think ignoring Islamic terrorism for the threat it really is solves the problem? Well done, sir. (laughs) Well done, Mr. Stubborn on Twitter. If you wish to react on Twitter, you're welcome to at StuntBrain. I think we're wrapping up yesterday's vital question of the day. We asked you if how you felt about how you felt about um, taking the fifth, as we saw the the story come out yesterday that said that uh, General Flynn, Michael Flynn, was planning on taking the fifth and not going to be answering any questions or turning over any documents. And the majority of you answered that uh, that you agreed with me, that you felt as if the taking the fifth makes Michael Flynn look guilty. 51% of you agreed with that. Like Lois Lerner, there's still four hours left, so you can still vote. 37% say no, and 12% say you can't decide. So it's kind of split, isn't it? Interesting interesting comments on, on some of these. We will... We will check in at the end of the show to see how we're doing on that. But jump on Twitter at Stunt Brain and join the conversation here. I'm waiting for, I think he's almost here. I put a call out to Kevin Malott, who's the president of Erase Enterprises. He's a guy with over three decades of work in, in public safety. And he's a guy who understands terror threats. He's a guy who gets it, I guess is the way to say this. And Kevin, I asked Kevin if he would uh, he would spend some time with us today to talk about what happened and uh, going forward, what's happening. He's he's a good guy, go to security expert. And I think he's on the phone right now. Kevin, I was just singing your praises about your work that you've done in this field. And I'm I'm wondering when we look back on the last 18 hours, or is it even 18 hours now? It's about 15 hours since this attack. Did we learn anything new? Is there, is there anything new out there? Yeah, well, I learn something new every day, but I do try to pay attention to it. Well, as a guy who has looked at public safety for a couple of decades now, a couple of three decades, a guy who has, who has dealt with this and, and looked at keeping us safe, is there anything we should learn or take away from this recent attack? Well, the big picture is we still need to have a conversation of, you know, what are we willing to give up on civil liberties from an intelligence collection point to stop this stuff from happening versus how much are we willing to put up with if something happens? You know, if you look at the last five, 15 attacks, every single time the guys that carried out the attacks had already been in contact with law enforcement. They're on the radar screen. But because of our civil liberties, and the bad guys exploit this, by the way, you know, you can't just arrest them because you think they're up to something. You've got to have an investigation with probable cause and all that. And we have had a real ongoing battle with what the public wants the government to do regarding intercepts of phone calls and listening in and emails and all that versus don't let anything happen. So we need to have that a better political conversation at the top. But the second point is we need to get our public to really understand what this is about. We have to take care of the ideology, and that's actually what's going on in the Middle East right now. The president meeting with the 50 leaders of the uh, the uh, major Islamic countries and, and so forth the other day. That's that's all bad news for the terrorists, and they know it. They know what's coming. We're going to we're going to take them off the battlefield. 
Um, ISIL is the first group to ever hold a geographic area. You know, the rest of the terrorists hide out and do their attacks in the dark of the night, but they've actually never held ground. ISIL has, but now they're losing it. They're losing the oil fields where they were making money. They're losing the antiquities that they were selling on the black market. So they're going to start doing more attacks. They're going to go more traditional because the attacks is how they get more recruits and raise fundraising from the extremist crowd. So this is something bigger that's coming down the road, and we're just going to have to take out the ideology, and that's going to give some bumps in the road on the way. We're talking to Kevin Malott. He is the president of Erase Enterprises. He's a guy who studied the conundrum of dealing with uh, international terror as we are facing now. Kevin, do you think, in your estimation, that the attack yesterday could have been related to the president's address and scaring after he scared some of the leaders of ISIL? And uh, when you get 55 Muslim country leaders together and you start talking about crushing ISIL uh, and wiping them out together... Uh, as as a unified front, do you think that there could have been a reaction there? Well, it, there is, but it's it's a much further out reaction. So, for example, I'm looking at a book right now. I have a manual, a training manual. It's for ISIL operatives in the United States, how not to get picked up by the authorities. Okay, it's how to carry out planning and carry out missions and attacks without getting caught before you do it. So they wrote a book about that. They have a training program for their guys, and this has been out for over a year. So they they are well advanced knowing what's coming their way and have been trying to adapt to this. Um, and, of course, we've had plenty of attacks in the U.S. We've had a lot of attacks that never took place, but the public doesn't really know about it because, because an arrest was made before something occurred. But it's going to add to it. There's no question. They're not going to close up shop and go away because the Arab countries are getting in on this now. They're going to fight all the way down tooth and nail to the very end. So we have we have two different areas. We have the strategic mentality, taking out the ideology and their recruitment and their funding, but we also have to deal with the on the street safety and security issues that the public faces from routine attacks from them, let alone what they might do in the coming year as things get real dire for them. Well, um, but but you know also our public needs to learn to think. If you really want to understand, you got to start understand how the terrorists view it. We have good people saying, "Why would they attack a concert with children?" If I'm, a, if I'm a bad guy in ISIL, it's a Western female from America who doesn't dress appropriately. Her tour is called the Dangerous Woman Tour. She sings suggestive lyrics that we don't agree with, and all these people going there are going to a decadent entertainment deal that we don't think is right. It's the same mentality as why they hit the Bataclan in Paris and, and why they hit the soccer game in Paris because they don't believe in false worship. And every soccer player in Paris is on all the buses and billboards and everywhere else are idolized. So you have to understand they think differently than we do on target acquisition. And then the last point, you hit a target full of kids, that's going to be in the news for the next three years. They're going to have stories following all these kids through rehab. They're going to have all these stories going on and on and on about this and talk shows and everything else. So from a perspective of a terrorist, that is a good target because we'll get a lot of media coverage for the next 36 months. That's uh, so accurate. You know, you you bring great analysis here. His name is Kevin Malott. He is a an expert in this field. Kevin, is there a way for us to follow you and uh, keep up on what you're writing about and speaking about? Yeah, we have a website. It's erase, E-R-A-S-E dot com. Like erase the problem. So sure. erase.com is our website. We actually 
are in the process of redoing the website. We're going to have a new blog coming up pretty soon for the public to follow stuff that's going on. But there's at that point, there's a contact. People have questions. They can send us in a contact uh, button there and send us in an email. We'll, we'll do our best to get back to them. Uh, but this is not going to go away. And, you know, you got to remember, they put out a videotape. I still put out a videotape of stadiums and targets and meetings and events and things that they want to strike in the Western world. That came out just a couple months ago. That's what prompted us to issue the travel warning on May 1st that we knew Europe was a high-threat target. And the UK's at severe. They've had their terrorist level as high as possible. I was kind of shaking my head last night when people said there was no advanced warning. I'm like, your country has had its alert level as high as it can possibly get, which means an attack is imminent for a year. Wow. But, you know, the general public, they don't have it happen to them, and three days later they forget about it, you know. But but we've been trying to tell people it's going to happen, and I think there will be several more coming yet because of the nature of the pressure that's on, the, on both al-Qaeda and ISIL as well. Well, I hope I hope to God you're wrong, but we do have to remain vigilant. Thank you, Kevin Malat. We appreciate your expertise and your your constant attention to this issue. Have a have a great rest Thank of your you day. Thank you very much. There he goes. Uh, anyone else get a little chill when Kevin Malat starts ticking off the details? Anyone else get a little bit of a why weren't we paying attention to why targets like this concert are going to be so attractive to people like like the the terrorist who blew up so many young people. Didn't even think about all those things. I, I want to get a copy of his book that they have, or, or the book that was published by ISIL, as he calls him. Most of us call him ISIS. He uses the, the ISIL acronym, How Not to Get Picked Up by the Local Authorities. I want to see that book. I wonder if Glenn Beck has seen that. So many, so many things to worry about. And especially when you say, why kids, why kids? And Kevin Malat said, well, if you can hit a target and kill that many kids, it's going to be in the news for the next few years. Yeah, it's a little chilling, isn't it? Let's step aside and take a break. When we get back, we'll update you on what's going on today. There is another hearing that happened. Some of it interesting, some of it boring as hell. And again, if they would just take my advice and hold these hearings standing up, they would last about 11 minutes. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into that. We might not have time. Maybe we need to go into some kooky news. Give us a little breather from the terror world. Why don't we do that next on Pure Opelka? You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Stepping away from some of the depressing news of the day, and, and if anything changes or anything breaks in the story around the terror attack in London, and, and I have to tell you, I'm, I'm more than a little concerned. Those of you who know me and listen to this show know that our favorite tennis player happens to be in Paris this week. Young Riley Opelka, my nephew, who is 19, is in Paris and I called his dad this morning and said, um, what is the State Department doing to alert the American tennis players and the, uh, the Americans who happen to be in Paris for this big tournament? What's the State Department doing to keep everybody apprised? And, and my brother said, you know, that's a good question. Because I'm sure this tennis tournament is like, just like a, a concert. It's going to be a target. And... As uh, as Mr. Malat said, there are people who will who will radical Islamists who will see these kind of events as an affront to their faith, as an insult. So I wonder. So we're we're hoping to find out. And for the record, young Riley won his first round qualifying match yesterday. He's not playing today. Tomorrow I might be distracted or. Or it might be uh, time for me not to make plans to fly to Paris. But if he gets in, guess what? I'm flying to Paris. I want to see him play at least the first round of, of that tournament. Now, back to the weird news. Dave Urbanski writes at The Blaze. Dave Urbanski is a guy I've known as a colleague at TheBlaze.com for a few years. And Dave has found, just in the last couple of years, some of the most unusual stories ever. And some of the ones that make you shake your head and want to grab people by the collar and go, are you kidding me? Cut it out. Today, Dave put this up just as we were getting ready to uh, start the show. And the headline of the story is teachers give most likely not to pay attention award to girl with ADD and it costs them dearly. I couldn't believe this story. How do you not know? How do you not know? It's the story of a young girl who came home at the end of the school year and she wanted to show her mom the award that she was given at school. Nicole Edwards is the mom who saw her 14-year-old's uh, award when she came home from Memorial Middle School in Conyers, Georgia. And Nicole Edwards got furious when she saw the award, which said, and, and it looks like a big award. It looks like something to be pretty cool. It's got a big Lucite star, and it looks like, hey, look, you got something great from school. And then you read the plaque that says, most likely to not pay attention. They gave it to her during a school assembly. So in front of everybody else, your daughter is called up on stage and be given an award that says you are the most likely to not pay attention. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing on any level, whether you're an adult or, or you're a middle schooler, especially tough, I'm sure, if you're in middle school. Compounding the problem here, Ms. Edwards' daughter has attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, in other words, ADHD, and she got the award about not being able to pay attention. What makes it even worse 
is uh, mom said her daughter was initially voted, quote, most likely to ask a question that has already been answered, which she said that was inappropriate. And then seeing the most likely not to pay attention made her even angrier. Humiliating, degrading, derogatory. These are all the words that come to mind. What about the teachers who gave her the award? Well, they will not be returning to school next year. So uh, while I can be mad at the school for letting this happen, and you have to wonder who the hell came up with this award to embarrass a middle schooler, I have to salute the mom who stood up and demanded that that common sense and, and concern and courtesy own the day. And I, I have to salute the school for actually saying, we're not going to let this happen. These teachers are not coming back. So good for you, mom. Good for you, school. And teachers, I wonder if they're going to give themselves an award. I have an award I'd like to give them. Although, well, never mind. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm so happy so many of you are uh, tuned in. I, I, I made the mention of the fact that I wondered what the State Department is doing to alert people like my young nephew who's in Paris and will hopefully be there for, for at least another week as he's trying to get into the French Open. Things don't always work out, and uh, you hope he, he gets it done. Um, but uh, one of you wrote, uh, one of our frequent members of the vast and unpaid resource department, Paul wrote, the State Department does nothing. It is on travelers to check with them for updates. Yeah, that's a good point, but I tend to think when you have a, a group like a bunch of American tennis players who might be out and about representing the country, in a fashion, even though they are pros, I'll bet you they get a little extra attention because, you know, they're high-profile athletes. I don't want to go back to the situation that we saw at, in Munich at the Olympics when, when you had a horrific situation. And uh, one day we should do a, a whole piece on that. We should do a deep dive on that, and we will. So uh, we're just keeping an eye on things today. Uh, there was a hearing earlier today, and the House was speaking on on the subject of the ongoing investigations. Was there collusion? Was there anybody inside the Trump campaign that was colluding with the Russians, trying to swing our elections the way of the of the Russians? Well, we know the Russians wanted to 
have the elections go the way they wanted them to go. We know the Russians didn't like Hillary Clinton. We know the Russians preferred Trump, the deal maker, over Hillary Clinton, the career politician. That's just a fact of life. So we're going to investigate this until we all die and nothing's going to get done. Yes, I know the Trump White House submitted yet another budget. And yes, I know that they are allegedly, supposedly working on tax reform. But we have these ongoing, they're almost show trials, but they're not really trials. And what they show me is really that uh, Trey Gowdy really should be in charge of more than just one committee. Trey Gowdy, I still think, would be the best pick for the FBI because he'd be no nonsense. Trey Gowdy was talking to John Brennan today and asked him if he saw any evidence of collusion. Trey Gowdy kind of grilled him pretty solidly. And I, I want to walk through this. It's about two minutes long, and I'm going to stop and start it. But this is Trey Gowdy and why I think a lot of people would be very, very nervous if Trey Gowdy was head of the FBI. People would pay attention and probably do the right thing more often. Did you see evidence of collusion, coordination, conspiracy between Donald Trump and Russian state actors. I saw information intelligence that was worthy of investigation by the Bureau to determine whether or not such cooperation or conclusion uh, was taking place. That doesn't help us a lot. What was the nature of the information? As I said, Mr. Gowdy, I think this committee now has access to the type of information that I'm alluding to here. It's classified, and uh, um, I'm happy to talk about it in classified session. And that would have been directly between the candidate and Russian state actors? That's not what I said. I'm not going to talk but, about any but individuals. That but that was my question, and, and, and you answered it. You didn't answer it that way. Uh, no, I, yeah, I responded to your query. I'm not going to respond to particular elements of your question because I think it would be inappropriate for me to do so here. So, so I can only repeat what I said, which is that I was aware of intelligence and information uh, about contacts uh, between Russian officials and U.S. persons that raised concerns in my mind about whether or not those individuals were cooperating with the Russians either in a witting or unwitting fashion, and it served as the basis for the FBI investigation to determine whether such collusion uh, cooperation uh, occurred. Does anybody wonder why the majority of America wants to drain the swamp? Because nobody can answer a question directly. Nobody can give you a straight answer on anything. Nobody can actually say, yeah, that's a good idea. Yes, that's exactly what I saw. Yeah, why? Why, why, why? Why can't we, why can't we get a straight answer here? I would love for that to happen. And Gowdy tries and tries again. Here he comes back at him one more time. All right. Well, there, there are a bunch of words that start with C floating around. I ask you about collusion, coordination, and conspiracy, and you use the word contact. And, and I, I think in a previous answer, you did a really good job of, of establishing that contact could be uh, benign or not benign. So was it contact that you saw? Was it something more than contact? What is the nature of what you saw? Can you sense the frustration in Trey Gowdy's voice? I feel it. And I'm, I'm halfway up the beltway here, halfway to New York City. And I can feel the frustration. And this is how Brennan replied to that. 
I saw interaction and aware of interaction that, again, raised questions in my mind about what was the true nature of it. But I don't know. I, ha I don't have sufficient information to make a determination whether or not such cooperation or complicity or collusion was taking place. But I know that there was a basis to have individuals pull those threads. Right, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you saw something that led you to refer it to law enforcement. And in your judgment, it is up to law enforcement to test, probe, corroborate, contradict, otherwise investigate uh, the full nature of that information you passed on. Is that a fair way to put it? Yes, it is, because it's not CIA's job to make a determination about whether a U.S. person is cooperating, colluding, or whatever in some type of criminal or illegal matter. It is our responsibility to give the Bureau everything that they need in order to follow that path and make such a determination and recommendation if they want to press charges. All right. This is going on. This is what happened in D.C. today, this morning. This is what we spent valuable time with all these guys in their committees. And uh, somewhere I have, I have Congressman Schiff, the guy who always has, oh, he's got like the resting angry face. Congressman Schiff, a Democrat, asked, asked Brennan about evidence. And I have to pull that up for you and, and, and play that for you because that, that statement alone should be enough to say, okay, we're done screwing around with these hearings. We're done now. We just need to shut this down. We don't need to be spending any more time on this. We should be doing the work that people sent here to Washington to do. But no, we're not doing that. Brennan was asked basically why, why, why he does this. And he has a pretty eloquent answer. But I don't know if it justifies any of this circus that's going on right now. Sir, <clears throat> because for the last 241 years, this, this nation and its citizens have cherish the freedom and liberty that this country was founded upon. Many, many Americans, brave Americans over the years, have lost their lives to be able to protect that freedom and liberty. They've lost their lives also to protect the, the freedom and liberties of other countries and other peoples around the world. Uh, our ability to choose our elected leaders as we see fit is, I believe, an inalienable right that we must protect with all of our resources and all of our authority and power. And I support him on that. I agree with him on that. But at some point, if there is no evidence, we need to carry on with our jobs and do our jobs. You know, there, there is a statement, you can indict a ham sandwich. And these guys in Congress seem to be proving that. Brennan continues with why he does this. And the fact that the Russians uh, tried to influence that election so that the will of the American people was not going to be realized uh, by that election, I find outrageous and something that we need to, with every last ounce of devotion to this country, resist and to try to act to prevent further instances of that. And so, therefore, I believe that this is something that's critically important to every American. It's certainly, I, it's very important to me for my children and grandchildren to make sure that never again will a foreign country try to uh, uh, influence and interfere in uh, the foundation stone of this country, which is uh, electing our democratic leaders. What Brennan said there was Russia tried. Russia tried. He didn't say Russia achieved it. He said Russia tried. 
Couldn't we say the same thing of America? America tried to alter the election results in Israel when Barack Obama's foundation was funding some of the support for the opposition to Benjamin Netanyahu. America tried to interfere in the French elections and may have when Barack Obama campaigned and endorsed Macron. Couldn't we say the same thing? So, Mr. Brennan, respectfully, sir, shouldn't we ask America to stop doing the same thing that we're so apoplectic about the Russians trying to do? Wouldn't it be the right thing to do if we don't want Russia to do it? Shouldn't we lead by example and stop doing it ourselves? I'm just saying, sir. And where was the investigation when Barack Obama told the Russian prime minister that he would have more flexibility after the election? Where the hell was the investigation then? We have the video. You actually have evidence. It's very frustrating, isn't it? And it's also a gigantic waste of time and money. And again, if they held the meetings standing up, these entire hearings would last 11 minutes and we would get the same results that we have now. I'm taking a break. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. You know, we do have uh, some some news that's uh, in the odd news department. We also have some updates from around the world as the president's on the ground in Rome and he'll have his big meeting. I think the big meeting with the Pope is tomorrow. Although the president did tell us that the Israelis and the Palestinians are ready for peace. Do you know, do you know what it would do to the left if Donald Trump could be the ultimate deal maker and bring the Israelis and Palestinians together? Do you know the kind of spin out that would happen? Because they would have to give Trump, they would absolutely have to give Trump the Nobel Peace Prize. If Obama got it for doing nothing, which he did, Trump would have to get it. They would just have to send it to him. He wouldn't have to even show up at Stockholm. They'd have to send him the prize. Just here you go. Good job, sir. It would kill the left. There would be a a mass suicide on the left if Donald Trump would win the Nobel Peace Prize if he puts together the Israelis and the Palestinians. It would be the ultimate art of the deal, the biggest deal ever. Now, it's it's really tough. It's going to be a, a very tough deal to make it happen. And yet, Trump is claiming. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Did you happen to stay up late last night and watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert? Two people who should be sending thank you baskets to Donald Trump were, were together on TV last night. Two people who should be saying thank you, thank you, thank you, Mr. Trump. 
Rachel Maddow stopped by the, uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert and talked about, she was kind of surprised where Trump decided to go on his first trip. It is strange that his first trip abroad is to Saudi Arabia. Really? Really that strange? Uh, the Saudis did 9-11. He said all this stuff about Saudi Arabia. But t- whoa, 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 whoa. The Saudis did 9-11? Did you hear that? Rachel Maddow just said the Saudis did 9-11? Yes, some of the hijackers were, were from Saudi Arabia. Okay, a majority of the Saudi, of the hijackers on 9-11 were Saudis, but the Saudi government did not do 9-11. Rachel Maddow seems to think that they did. Uh, the Saudis did 9-11. He no. said all this stuff about Saudi Arabia, but technically a president is su- sort of supposed to use the first trip to pay tribute to our closest allies. And so usually it's to like, you know, the UK. Technically, the president is sort of supposed to. Did, what? what? Can anyone diagram that sentence for me? First here, let's go back to blaming the Saudis. Uh, the Saudis did 9-11. He no. said all this stuff about Saudi Arabia, but technically a president is su- sort of supposed to use the first trip. To- sort of supposed to. Technically, the president is sort of supposed to. Says who? When were you president? Tribute to our closest allies. And so usually it's to like, you know, the UK. He's he's got close ties with the UK. What the president did with the Muslim leaders was monumental. And it's killing the left. You don't get to make your own news anymore. At this point, the news of the Trump administration is the news of people investigating it. I don't think she understands what she's saying. But I do think both of these people, Colbert and Trump, should every day get up And thank Donald Trump for being president because their entire rise in the ratings is because their people, their wounded snowflakes, needed a place to go. And now they've elevated them in the ratings. Send the fruit basket, Colbert and Maddow. It's the right thing to do. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.